While you're getting your Bibles, I want to mention something real quick. I have something I wanted to show you. Uh, the Lord has blessed Pastor Kim and me to uh, co-author our first book together. And uh, How to Become Rich. We're happy to have that. And uh, these books uh, just arrived yesterday, last, last night in fact. And uh, so they're, as they would say, hot off the press. And um, what we're going to do, we're going to make these books available next Sunday. Next Sunday, not today, next Sunday. So we can get them all organized and so forth. Um, and so I definitely appreciate it if uh, you all buy a book. Buy a book. Um, how to Become Rich, God's Plan for Financial Prosperity. How many know God wants you to prosper? The Bible says in Psalm 35, 27, that God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. And so uh, it's God's plan for us to prosper. We don't have to coerce God, trick God, manipulate God into us prospering. It's his plan for us to do it. But we have to do it his way. Do it his way. So God has a plan. And again, the title of the book, if you notice the largest word is become. This is not how to get rich. This is not some magic overnight thing. I can just tell you, here's a little trick. This is not how it works. How to become rich. So really what happens is you become rich inside. Inside. You, you learn uh, how to operate in your wealth. You learn how to um, properly handle finances. You learn uh, that God set this pattern for us. And so... Uh, a lot of time <laughs> and tears, prayer went into this book, and so I just want to encourage you to pick it up next week. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. John 14, are you there? Okay, verse 1. We're going to read just that one verse today. John 14 and verse 1. You have it? Okay, let's read together. Ready to read. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Again, you believe in God, believe also in me. Today I want to talk on this subject, believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Father God, thank you for the word today that we're about to receive. Thank you that each person in this room, and even those who are watching online now and in the future, are uh, tuned in, ready to receive the word of God. I pray, Father, that you do far more than I could do myself, that God, by the Holy Ghost, you speak to each person, to every individual situation, need, circumstance, whatever anyone is dealing with, God, you speak to that person individually today, Lord, by the Holy Ghost. And I pray, Father, that every hearer, every listener would become a doer of the word of God so that God will be blessed in our deeds according to your word we pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Believe in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. Now, we established last week, we talked about uh, our subject last Sunday, if y'all remember, was, do you believe in Jesus? And uh, we found that most of us said, yes, we do believe in Jesus. And so, today is not a question, but it's an admonishment to us to believe in Jesus. Amen. Now, we established last week and before that Jesus Christ is uh, the tried stone, the precious cornerstone, and the sure foundation that Isaiah writes about in the book of Isaiah, chapter 28, verse 16. I ask the media to put that on the screen for us, please. Isaiah 28, 
and verse 16. Glory to God. Where it says to us there, therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion a stone for foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. So I went through a series of, of um, points to teach us that he's referencing Jesus. He's prophesying Jesus Christ, right? I proved through the New Testament scriptures, Jesus Christ is uh, the stone for the foundation. The Bible says that no other foundation can a man lay than that which is laid, and that is Jesus Christ, right? He is the tried stone, the proven stone, the proven word. We prove to us that he is a precious cornerstone, right? The, the stone that the builders rejected has become the head of the corner or the chief cornerstone. We also showed he's a sure foundation, okay? So we already know that. Then it goes on to say, though, in this verse, whoever believes will not act hastily. Or we insert it there, whoever believes in him will not act hastily. Because remember, remember the scripture is about Jesus. Right? Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation. I'm waiting for y'all to look back at me. I lay a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Here's what I laid. Whoever believes, now he's not saying whoever believes that I did that. I'm telling you I did that. I don't have to question whether that's true or not. I'm telling you I did it or I'm doing it. But he, so when he says whoever believes, what he's saying to us is whoever believes in him, whoever believes in that stone, that foundation, that cornerstone, will not act hastily. So we asked the question last week, do you believe in Jesus? Now, the only variable in this verse is the whoever believes. believes. If God said, I'm laying a foundation, it's, it's done. If God said, I'm laying a precious cornerstone, it's done. If God said, I'm laying a sure foundation, it's a done deal. That was done when Jesus Christ was born uh, through Mary into the earth. At the appointed time, he lived a sinless life, 30 years, then ministered for three and a half years on this planet, then at the end of this life went to the cross voluntarily, was crucified, buried in a borrowed tomb, went down into hell and preached a three-day revival. Come on, didn't he do it? The Bible says he preached, he led captivity captive. He preached to the to spirits of men, right? And so those who would, would believe him, even in hell, were raised again with him, right? He was raised again on the third day morning with all power in his hand, and one day he's coming back to receive us unto himself. So God's part is done. The question is then, do you believe in him? The only variable in the whole, whole sentence is whoever believes in him. So ask your neighbor, do you believe in him? Y'all didn't sound like very convincing. Ask your neighbor, do you believe in him? Ask him, are you sure? Are you sure you believe in him? I want to I press past believing uh, Give me Hebrews 11, verse 6. 
Give me Hebrews 11, verse 6. This is an example the Holy Spirit just, just gave me. Hebrews 11, verse 6. It says, without faith, but without faith, but without what? Faith. It is impossible to please him, God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. Notice that that's the first belief. He must believe that he is. That's the foundation. But then it goes on to say, and implied must believe. See, notice there's a second belief here. And that he's a reward of those who diligently seek him. Did you just catch that? So there are people who believe that he is. You can ask the average person on this planet, do you believe God exists? Sure, I believe God, God exists. But then do you believe God is a reward of those who diligently seek him? Well, I don't know anything about that. So notice there's two levels of believing in this one verse here. Am I right? So when we go back to Isaiah 28, verse 16, and it says, whoever believes in him will not act hastily. I'm talking more than just, do you believe Jesus Christ lives or he's real? Do you know that Muslims, we know them as Muslims. If you've ever been in prison, they're called Muslims. Muslims believe that Jesus Christ is real. He's a great teacher, a great prophet even. But they don't believe in him. They don't put their faith or their trust in him. All right, let me help you. Help you help you relate to what I'm talking about. Some of you, if you've ever been uh, you've been in a relationship with somebody, you when you've been in a relationship, you know that person's real. You can touch them. But you don't believe in them. That's why you're calling a check on them. Where, where are you at? You know they're real. Okay, y'all understand now, okay? So you can believe Jesus Christ is real, but yet not put your belief in him. So he says, whoever believes in him will not act hastily. So we've gone way past here, Christopher, John 3.16 believing. We've gone past this salvation faith believing here. How many of y'all in here are already saved? You're already born again. Raise your hands real high. Proud. Saving, I'm proud. I'm saving, I'm proud. I'm saving, I'm proud. <laughs> Saved is beautiful. Save lives matter. <laughs> this is the last the, uh, Sunday of Black History Month, praise God. So, in fact, turn to John 3.16 and verse 17. Because I showed you last week, there's a foundational belief that brings salvation. That's the entry level into, into the things of God. You first believe in him, John 3.16, y'all know it, you probably heard it, learned it when you were a little child. 
But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes in him should not perish and have everlasting life. Right? Okay, but listen, this time let's read it like we're grown. Ready, go. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever, see that whoever believes right there again? That means everybody doesn't believe in him. So whoever believes in him, what will happen? Should not perish, but. Now let's add verse 17, please. For God did not send his son to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Isn't that good news? So Jesus Christ was not sent here to condemn people. He was sent here to save people. You got it? But to get saved, in fact, we don't, if you were to keep reading verse 18, it'll talk about attitude. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. So people who don't believe, they're already condemned. So Jesus doesn't come to condemn anybody if you don't believe, you're already condemned. You're born condemned. And it wasn't your fault. Adam and Eve got into sin. You're born from their seed. Everybody. I don't care what color you are, you came from Adam and Eve's seed. So they are, we are all born in sin, shaped in iniquity, so we're all born condemned, right? So, but if I believe in him, I'm not or I'm no longer condemned. That's why Romans 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. Very good, class. Y'all did wonderfully. Oh, I didn't start y'all off? That's why Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, Oh, smart, you're good looking, you're important. That's wonderful. Wonderful. So there's a, there's a foundational belief that brings salvation. Okay? The good news is any sinner can be born again. This, this is just a little review. Any sinner can be born again. Tell your neighbor, anybody can be born again. Matter of fact, tell them any sinner can be born again. Christ came to save sinners. Put up 1 Timothy, 1, 1 Timothy um, uh, 1.15 real quick. 1 Timothy 1.15. 1 Timothy 1.15. Because, because it doesn't matter how bad off you are. doesn't matter how far away from God you may be. It's the devil that will convince you that you're too bad to be saved by the Lord. But God wants you to know that no matter how bad off you may be, no matter what you've done, Last night, this morning, you can be saved. Paul, who was one of the greatest apostles to ever live, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, said this. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to do what? Of whom I am chief. Anybody remember you was a chief sinner? You was, I mean, a sinner and good at it. Some of y'all playing with me. You were a sinner and doggone good at it. I could do some stuff. And knew how to get away with it. So I thought. Right? But no matter how bad off you and I were, God saved us. And today in this room, and no matter how bad off you may be, if you're in this room and you're not, you're not saved, you're a sinner, Jesus Christ will save you. You got it? All right, now, but for that to happen, you and I have to intercede for sinners. Did you hear what I say? 
Why don't people get saved? They need intercession. I want you to put up 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. I want you to see this here. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. See what it says here. It says, but even if our gospel is veiled or hidden, it is hidden, veiled to those who are perishing, who are lost. That's the sinner. Who's, now watch why they're sinners still. It says, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Why are sinners still sinners? Because they can't see. The God of this age, Satan, has blinded their minds, who those who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So Satan is, um, is, is uh, let me say it a nice way, Satan's blocking their vision. God's trying to shine on them. His glorious light has already shined. But they can't see it, not because they're ignorant, because they're stupid. It's because Satan has blinded their minds. So when they hear you talking about Jesus Christ, they can't see it. They can't, I can't, I can't get it. Talk about the love of God and the peace of God and the joy of the Holy Ghost. They can't see it. Their, their minds, the Bible says, not their eyes, their minds have been blinded. So even if they see something with their eyes, they'll see your miracle, and yet their minds are blinded. They'll, they'll see you healed, and yet their minds are blinded. Do you know there are people in Jesus' day who they got healed through Jesus' ministry and still didn't follow him? They saw healing in their own bodies and didn't follow him. Why? Because their minds were still blinded. Even though they saw with their eyes, their minds were blinded. So the only thing that can happen is, if you and I intercede for sinners, that the blinders are taken off their minds, then they can see the glorious light of the gospel. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants everybody saved. God wants your cousin saved. He wants your uncle saved. He wants your grandma saved. He wants your children saved. He wants your brothers and sisters saved. He wants your friends saved. He wants your neighbors saved. He wants your coworkers saved. He wants your enemies saved. He wants your church members saved. He wants them all saved. And the beautiful thing about us, well, Pastor, how did I get saved? See, I got saved. Somebody prayed for you. Y'all don't have to say anything back. Somebody prayed for you. Might have been your mama, your grandmama, your auntie, your cousin, your daddy, somebody, when you weren't looking, when you were running the streets, when you were in the club, when you were tripping and sipping and tipping and dipping and blanking and spanking and all the kind of things you were taking, they were praying for you. They were interceding. And that's how now you... We say, uh, amazing race, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found was. But now I, you weren't physically blind. You're, you were spiritually blind. But now you see. You understand? All right, now. So people who are spiritually blind, sinners, they are helpless against Satan. They are helpless against Satan because they don't know the salvation or the healing, or the love, or the provision 
or the peace or the joy of the Lord. They are slaves, listen to this, of an evil genius. They are slaves of an evil genius. I'm just calling him what the Bible calls him. See, people go to movies and watch all kinds of movies with the devil and stuff, and they, it's comical. <laughs> the devil ain't playing no games. He's a, the God of this age, of this world. In John 14.30, I want you to put it on the screen for me, please. John 14.30. Go for sake of time. Put it right in Amplified for me, please. Jesus is talking. Jesus is talking. He says, I will not talk with you, the disciples, much more. For the prince, evil genius, ruler of this world is coming. Jesus, is, he knows he's about to go to the, to the cross. He says, the evil genius... How many of y'all remember this little cartoon used to be called, I think it was called Pinky in the Brain? Yeah. Any of y'all remember that, Pinky in the Brain? That little big head mouse, he's going he gonna to rule the world, take over the world, Pinky in the Brain. Some of y'all might remember there's this movie, I'm trying to remember the name of this movie. Uh, uh, it was, the guy who played it was Mike, um, Mike somebody. Uh, but he had a mini-me. What was it called? Austin Powers. Some of y'all remember that movie, Austin Powers? Somebody wants to dominate the world. Well, Satan, the Bible, according to Jesus, is the prince, evil, genius, ruler of the world. He's the mastermind behind all the, the sickness. He's the master, mastermind behind coronavirus. He's the mastermind behind swine flu, bird flu, SARS, HIV, AIDS, famine, pestilence. He's the mastermind. Tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes, those are not acts of God. They're the acts of lowercase G-O-D, Satan, the God of this world. Those are not God's doings. God only does wondrous things, according to your Bible. You got it? But it's funny how people, they're so blind that they blame God for those issues, those things, and the evil genius gets away with it. All right? So the evil genius rule of the world is coming, and watch what Jesus Christ says. He says, and he has no claim on me. He has nothing in common with me. This is where God wants you and me to, to be here, right? There is nothing in me that belongs to him and or thus... He has no power over me. Now, what I just told you a moment ago was, those who are sinners, those in the world, are they're slaves of the evil genius. Why? Because he has something in them. They have things in common with him. He has a claim on them. There, there are things in them that belong to him. His seed is in them. Did you catch that? Satan's seed is in them. Satan's seed, yeah, people are seed of Satan, yes. The Bible, in John chapter 8, Jesus told a group of people, he said, you are of your father the devil. Your father the devil. People like to say, we're all God's children. No, we are not all God's children. We are not all God's children. God may have created us, physical bodies, but the, 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 the sin nature in us does not come from God. 
it comes from the, from the devil, from the evil genes of this world, right? And so uh, Satan has children, the spawn of Satan. You, you've seen some of them in preschool, spawn of Satan. Some of y'all seen them in elementary schools and high schools and middle schools, the spawn of Satan. That child must be from the devil. <laughs> you know some. And, but what he says here, and the, the devil has no power over me. So when you and I come out from under Satan's uh, hand, he no longer has any power over us. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, we have been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. Glory to God. We've been, we've been delivered from the power of Satan over to the power of God, the Bible says in another place. So he has no more power over us. Tell neighbor, the devil doesn't have any power over me. Or you, if you're born again. I'm just making sure. I'm just going to keep asking them till they, till they crack. Okay, I'm not born again. I'm not born again. I'm make sure. So you give in. I yield, I yield. I can run no longer. All right, so back to Isaiah 28, 16. Okay? He's a sure foundation. He's a chief. He's a cornerstone. He's a, he's a tried stone, right? It's proven. But it says here at the end, again, whoever believes will not act hastily, or as we're trying to establish here, whoever believes in him will not act hastily. Now, media, please put up, please, the same verse in the Amplified Classic Bible, please. Amplified Classic. I like these steps, man. This is all right. It's all right. I just want to walk up and down the steps. That's nice. It'll be done in a couple weeks. All this stuff will be done. New carpet, all that kind of stuff. Praise God. Amen. It's going to be beautiful. So Amplified Classic says here, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, lay in, I am laying in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He who believes, trusts in, relies on, and adheres to that stone. You see that? Yes. Trust in, relies on, and adheres to that stone. Not just knowing the stone is he exists. Will not be, watch this, ashamed or give way or hasten away in sudden panic. In sudden panic. So obviously here we're beyond just your saving faith. We're beyond just you being born again. This is talking about how you live. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the moment you got saved, you just moved to heaven? How many of y'all would like that? More of y'all wouldn't like that if you just, the moment you got saved, you moved to heaven? Y'all scared to die? It's glorious, man. It's glorious. You're not even going to feel it. Did you hear what I said? According to the Bible, you're not even going to feel it when you die. If you're a believer, you're not even going to feel it. Jesus Christ already took away the pains of death. He took away the pains of death. So when you die, you're not even going to feel it. You're going to be here going along, boom, boom, boom. You say, all right, family, I'm going on home with the Lord uh, this, this morning. Um, here's your money. Here's your little money. Here's your little money on my stuff. And you lay on say, all right, Lord, I'm, I'm coming. And you come on and you wake up, hi, Jesus, how you doing? It's, it's painless. 
You understand? If you're a believer. Okay, so we're talking about a lifestyle here. Since we're not snatched away to heaven the moment we get saved, we got to live here. So we're talking about uh, trusting and relying on and adhering to that stone. He says, if you do that, you will not be ashamed. How many of y'all have been shamed by something? You ever been in the credit in the in the in the line in the store and your and your card didn't go through? And they ain't never happened to anybody but me, right? I remember it was God so bad for me one time that people took my credit card and cut it up in my face. Cut it up in my face. If I was ever gonna fight, that was one of the days I was gonna fight. But I was too shamed. I couldn't even find a guy. In front of my friends, too. Shamed or give way or hasten away in sudden panic. Now, I'm going to show you this here in a minute because I want to deal with that here, that the devil tries to make us panic. He does so by bringing negative, dire circumstances and conditions in our lives, uh, attacks that are meant to make us panic. But he says that if we believe in Jesus, you won't ever panic. And I want you to be able to analyze yourself to see, do you really believe in Jesus? When you get a bad news, Peshera, <laughs> see, you can panic or you can praise. And how you respond tells me what you believe. How you respond tells me what you believe. All right? Now give me the same verse in the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation. Because we use another word here. It says, I'm going to go right to the bottom of that. Notice it says here, whoever believes need never be shaken. Whoever believes need never be shaken. Anybody ever been all shook up? <laughs> Remember in the world, in the moment, anytime anything happened, any, any news, any, somebody dumped you, you was all shook up. The days, singing them sad songs. One last cry. Oh, I leave it all. You was all shook up. It should have been me standing right. <laughs> Y'all come back here. Come back. <laughs> shaken. Job loss. Shaken. A loved one moved on to heaven. Shaken. Evicted. Shaken. Something that was dear to you, gone. Shaken. See, but we are, it says whoever believes need never be shaken. So what we find out is many of us, although we were or are saved, we have enough belief to be saved. Our belief isn't strong enough to be unshaken. So we got to upgrade our believing this morning. All right? So what we see from these two versions here, the Amplified and New Living, you can go through many others, that believing in Jesus produces a defense against fear, 
panic attacks, and troubled minds. True believing in Jesus, more than just being born again, it produces a defense against fear, panic attacks, and troubled minds. Now, I, I, I know we're in a faith church. We preach the word of faith strong here. And nobody ever wants to admit that they've had a panic attack in this church. I'm never going to get them to testify, Pastor. I had a troubled mind. I'm never going to. I won't, don't want anybody to know. I'm not even going to tell my small group. In my flight group, I'm going to be in there. I'm always strong every day. But truth be told, if people were to have a camera, a hidden camera on you, yo, every day between Sunday and Sunday. If we were to hook up monitors to your fingers and see how your blood pressure rises, how your heart begins to palpitate when you get news, we'll find out, oh, you got believing faith for salvation, but oh, you need to upgrade. Glory to God. Go to John 14. John 14. Glory to God. Are y'all getting this so far? John 14, verse 1. Jesus says something to us here. He says, let not. Let not. Now, when he says let not, it's you, Im implication, you. You let not, or you do not let. So he says, let not your heart be troubled. So troubled, troubled uh, is up to you. Trouble is not up to you, but troubled is up to you. Y'all didn't catch that. Let me, let me come a little closer. Let me get five feet closer. Trouble is not about you. Troubled is up to you. So I can't stop trouble from coming, but I can show sure enough prevent being troubled I don't have to be troubled by the trouble. I can face trouble and know that God is a very present help in trouble. Therefore, I'm not troubled. Y'all, I love it. I love it because y'all, y'all, y'all are showing it right now this morning. Pastor, I don't know. I can't even see. I'm trying to get your faith to a point where you are never again troubled. I didn't say you're never again going to have trouble. I can't stand here and promise you you're never again going to have trouble. Matter of fact, I can promise you you're going to have trouble. John 16, Jesus Christ himself, out of his own truthful mouth, said, in this world you shall have tribulation. Translation, trouble. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So be of good cheer means that don't be troubled by your trouble. You ought to write that down. Tell your neighbor, don't be troubled by your trouble. Matter of fact, your trouble is in trouble. Your trouble is in trouble because when the trouble shows up, I'm about to stand before God. God, you see this trouble, and you said you'll trouble all my enemies. You said you'll be an enemy to my enemies and an adversary to my adversary, so I trust you, Lord. I won't be troubled by what I see. I won't be troubled by what I hear. I won't be troubled by what I feel. I'm going to stand on your word on the sure foundation. I believe in Jesus. Shout it, I believe in Jesus. 
trouble. You will have trouble. One day I'm, I'm going to get our Sunday choir. We had a Sunday choir last week. One day I'm going to get our Sunday choir. We're going to sing this song. I'm so glad. Trouble don't last always. Y'all remember now? I'm so glad, glad, glad. Trouble don't last always. Dun, 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 dun. We've been made. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. It will be, be alright. Weeping may Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Let me hear you. Alright, <laughs> All right, stop, stop, stop. That's it. See what we gotta do. Stop. I want to make sure you're glad and that you know trouble don't last always. But the devil comes to get your heart troubled in the trouble. Because if he can get you, I'm going to show you this here. If he can get your heart troubled, shaken, panicky, he got you where he wants you. So he says, let not your heart be troubled. John 14, 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Now watch what he says. Semicolon. He's explaining how to keep your heart from being troubled. You believe in God. He said, believe also in me. <laughs> you want to know how to not be troubled? Believe in Jesus. Oh, you're going to catch it. Well, I believe in Jesus Christ. I'm saved, but all this trouble. No, 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 no. Believe in me. Beyond just getting saved. Beyond just getting born again. Beyond just getting your ticket punched to heaven. Believe in me that while you're living, while you're walking this planet, while you're going about through your daily journey, I'm with you and I will never leave you and I will never forsake you and I'll always be right there for you. And when you get in the thick of it, I am right there to bring you up and out of your trouble. You believe in God? Believe also in me. Jesus is telling the disciples, believe in me. See, they believed in God already. These were Jewish boys. They believed in God. They've been taught about God their whole lives. <laughs> he said, believe also in me. So do you know that there are people, other faiths, who they believe in God? There are people who are not Christians. They're not of any particular faith. They believe in God. You'll only hear them talk about God. Jesus said, that's not enough to keep you out of, out of troubled heart. You want to know how to not have a troubled heart? He said, you believe in God. Believe also in me. Put your trust in. Adhere to. Cling to. Rely on me. 
don't ever have to be troubled again. Oh, 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 come on. Now, he's asking us to believe in him beyond salvation to the point where we never again shrink back in fear. Now, he said, believe in me. Media, switch this verse, please, to the uh, contemporary English version. Contemporary English version, the CEV. Let's put it in a little more common vernacular here. Can y'all see it? Come on, come on, can y'all see it? Read it. What? 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 He's talking about troubled hearts here. Don't be worried. Ask your neighbor, what are you worried about? What you worried about? That's what we tell people. No, no, no. What you worried about? You worried about the wrong thing. Right? Don't be worried. Notice what it says here. Have faith in God and have faith in me. That's two different things here. Have faith in God and have faith in me. Now, I know if you all are in a well-taught church, and you are, that you've read and uh, heard message about Mark eleven twenty two. You know, in Mark eleven twenty two, Jesus Christ, he's uh, cursed the fig tree. The disciples come back. They see the fig tree cursed with it to the roots. And uh, they said, Jesus, the, the fig tree you cursed, it is withered away so soon. So Mark eleven twenty two, 22, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. And you've been taught in a well-taught faith church that it li- literally means have the God kind of faith. But can I go back to just the basic? Have faith in God. That's the song we just sang. Have faith in God. Have faith. I ain't going to sing anymore. Y'all mad. Have faith in God. Have faith. Have faith in God. Those are songs we would sing just admonishment to us. That no matter what you are dealing with, no matter what you are facing, no matter what sickness you have been diagnosed with, no matter what financial issue had come in your life, no matter how your children was huckabucking, you were to have faith in God. And when we were saying it, we weren't meaning have the God kind of faith. We meant have faith in God. Believe in God. So can I go back old school on you? Believe in God. Have faith in God. Have faith that God will do something about it. Jesus says here, have faith in God. Then he says, have faith also in me. Have faith, back in John 14, uh, 1, CEV, have faith in God, have faith in me. So Jesus Christ is saying, to have a troubled free life. Notice the distinction. Troubled free life. Have faith in me. I'm not going to promise you're not going to have trouble. You might have car trouble today. But you don't have to be troubled. Right? You might have marriage trouble. But you don't have to be troubled. Might have trouble in your body. But you don't have to be troubled. The only reason that you will be troubled is if you can't see a way out of it. If you, if you were to drive through, um, through a tunnel, you're not troubled because you enter a tunnel. Because you already know 
I'm coming out. Let me come back on this side. Yeah, same thing. You already know you're coming out of the tunnel. If I just keep on driving, just keep on moving, I'm going to come out. So you're not trouble when you go in. So when you already know and can see a way out, now I don't mean you can see natural way out, but because you know you have Jesus Christ, you trust in him, you know he is the way out, then when trouble does come, you are not troubled. Have faith in God. Have faith in me. Get John 14, verse 1 in the Passion Translation. Glory to God. John 14, 1, Passion Translation. He says, don't worry or surrender to your fear. Now, that's important. Don't worry or surrender to your fear. So fear will come. I'm a faith person. I know you are. I'm, I'm not talking about fear is going to come out of you, but fear is going to come to you. Fear is a spirit. Your Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear. Y'all know it, but power, love, what? Sound mind. But let's go back to the part about he's not giving us a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. So fear is a spirit. Satan's the God of this world. He's an evil genius, the prince of rule of this world. Fear is a spirit. He's a prince, the Bible says, of the power of the air. So fear is in the air. You better get your flu shot. Is there a coronavirus shot? No. So what you do? Yeah, they, they, uh, we saw that on, on ESPN today. There, there's a, a team, the Japanese uh, soccer team, they banned uh, chanting, cheering, because of coronavirus. Don't, don't, don't open your mouth real. <laughs> so you, can you imagine people sitting at a 90-minute soccer game? Uh, what do you do? So, the passion says, don't worry or surrender to your fear. Fear is a spirit, but it's not from God. God has not given us a spirit of fear. So, if God has not given it, guess who it comes from? The devil, the evil genius, Satan, the ruler of this world. All right? So, again, if you ever find yourself in panic mode, Surrendering to your worry or fear, then you have to stop and ask yourself, do I believe in Jesus? Whew. This is grown-up talk right here. See, when you really believe in Jesus Christ, you're cool no matter what. No matter what. I remember growing up, one of my favorite TV shows used to be uh, Happy Days. Remember Happy Days? Arthur Fonzarelli? Arthur Fonzarelli, y'all remember Arthur Fonzarelli? Y'all called him the Fonz. Well, another jacket, hey. He's always cool. I mean, this guy can walk into a room and make the machine play songs with no, no money and then just 
all the girls flocked to Arthur Fonzarelli, and he just, no matter what, he was just always cool. I mean, he could, he could, he could be uh, surfing and fall off a surfboard and the sharks out there and be, it's all right, hey. I mean, this. But that's a picture of what it looks like when you really believe in Jesus. I mean, as a lifestyle. That no matter what comes, no matter what happens, no matter what goes, I'm cool, I'm calm, I'm collected. <laughs> Get up uh, Psalm 118. Put that on the screen for us, please. Psalm 118, verses 5 through 7. Because this is how God wants us to live. Yes, Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 118, verse 5 through 7. It says, I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. I called him when Go back, go back, go back. I called on the Lord in distress. I called on the Lord in my trouble. So you can call him in your trouble. Or you can call somebody else. And the problem with most people is we're calling somebody else. Stop calling somebody else and call on the Lord who we believe in. Right? The Lord did what? What? So when you call him, you ain't leave a voicemail. Some folk, you call them enough, they'll start seeing your number and send you straight to voicemail. Right? To see the phone, phone just be buzzing all on the table. I ain't touching that. But the Lord answered me and set me in a broad place, in a wide place. Brought me out of that tight, distress is a tight situation. Verse 6. The Lord is on my side. Tony, the Lord is on my side. Better be careful how you mess with me, man. The Lord is on my side. <laughs> I don't know who you got on your side, but the Lord is on my side. As a result of the Lord being on my side and me knowing that, I will not fear. Here's the question. What can man do to me? What you gonna do, bro? What you gonna do? Come on. And none of y'all have been in a real fight, but you, I've been in some real fights. What you gonna do, bro? I'm body, body, I'm body, body. Let's go, man. And I learned you get the first lick in. So by the time you talking back to me three times, bop! Oh, man. I got, I got stories in my head right now. I just, I'm probably, I'm not sure the statute of limitations already passed on these stories, so I better to keep it to myself. Well, I, I had some throwdowns, boy. Throwdowns. I will not fear what can man do to me. Your biggest enemy, what can your enemy do to you? The Lord is on your side. And we know the scripture says, if God before me who can be against me come on right verse 7 verse 7 the Lord is for me among those who help me are y'all seeing this here the Lord is for me among those so he's it's my, my might be other folk here to help me but the Lord is for me among them so the biggest one who, who has my back is the Lord 
Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. So because of that, I will not fear, I will not worry, I will not be troubled whatsoever. I believe in the Lord. I believe in Jesus. How you so cool with all you going through? I believe in Jesus. How you ain't pulled your hair out yet? How you ain't lost your mind yet? I believe in Jesus. How come you ain't throwing a towel? How come you ain't quit the church yet? Because I believe in Jesus. I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have quit. Go on the screen. Psalm 27, I think it is, verse 14. Psalm 27, verse 14. Go on the screen, please. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Uh, verse, verse 13. Verse 13. Verse 13. I'm, I'm, I'm all around there. You can leave verse 14. I would have lost heart, or I would have fainted, or I would have quit unless I had, unless I had what? Believe that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That means I believe God was going to come through. It was only a matter of time. It wasn't a matter of if, Michelle. It was just a matter of when. I know he's going to come through. I know he's going to heal my body. I know he's going to fix my finances. I know God's going to save my family. I know God's going to save my children. I know God's going to turn things around. It ain't a matter of if. It's just a matter of when. So I'm going to praise him now. I'm going to praise him in advance. I'm not going to panic. I'm going to praise God now. Because I know he will. Somebody holler real loud. I know he will. I know he will. I know he will. All of God's promises. All of God's promises. They are yes and amen through us to the glory of God. So when God says yes, I say amen. So no matter what trouble may come by way, I'm not going to freak out. Now, some people might think, well, you're a pastor. You don't go through any kind of trouble. Any pastors in here can testify to me. You know you've been in some trouble, some ministers, and you've been walking with God for a while. You know it comes. Can I tell you the truth? It comes hot and heavier to the pastors and ministers of God than it does to regular people. Because, see, the devil, the devil knows if I can kill the messenger, I can slow down the message. So if you think you've been through something and ain't never been through something, I got news for you, child. Child, please. Let me take time to tell you some of the things that we have been through. But like I said, we have been through. Yea, though I walk through the battle of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me in the midst of all the trouble. I'll not be moved. I'll not be moved. Sit down, I got eight minutes. Oh, I'm preaching. Because I'm preaching what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. I've been through the fire. I've been through the flood. And he brought me out into a wealthy place. <laughs> it would be nice to have never gone through anything. But if I've never been through anything, Deke, 
I, I couldn't sing like I sang. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadow come? Why should my heart feel lonely and long for heaven is home? Since Jesus Christ is my portion, a constant friend indeed, his eye is on the sparrow. And I know I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know. See, I sing out of my testimony. I sing out of my experience. I sing out of my own breakthrough. I sing out of my own deliverance. I sing out of my own overcoming. I sing out of my own passion. I don't have to fabricate a story to try to charge you up. I know what it's like to be in distress, to be in the valley of the shadow of death. And the Lord make a way out of nowhere. If you know it, shout one time for yourself. All right, sit down real quick. Let me finish this up. All right, now. So when you believed on Jesus for salvation... He saved you from sin. He saved you from death. And he saved you from an eternity in hell. And so if he can do something that big, then surely he can handle the temporary problems. Temporary problems. Trouble don't last always. Temporary problems. Tell your neighbor what you're going through is temporary. This too shall pass. <laughs> this too shall pass. Weeping may endure for a night, but all joy comes, 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 continuously comes. Weeping was only for one night. Then what the Bible says, we've been endures for a night. A. But joy comes in the morning. Well, it's been a long time. It's just a night. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I, I want to show you this. If you read the book of Genesis, the, the creation account in Genesis, and you see how God created time, You'll always see uh, in each day it says, and the evening and the morning were the first day. The evening and the morning were the second day. The evening and the morning were the third day. The evening and the morning were the fourth day. Notice God never said the morning and the evening. God already said the evening and the morning. Which means you go through the darkness first. You're in trouble right now, but that's right now. Morning is coming after your evening. Good God Almighty. It's on the way. All right, let me finish here. All right, now, listen to this very carefully. I want you to make sure you heed this. Satan brings temporary trouble to get you into panic mode. 
It's to get you into panic mode. Listen to this. This is, this is critical here. Watch this. Sheree, you got this? When you panic, you become careless with your words. That's important. When you panic, you become careless with your words. That's what Satan is after, your words. So he brings temporary trouble, temporary, to get you in panic mode so that you become careless with your words. He knows better than we know that life and death are in the power of the tongue. So he knows if I can get you in panic mode and you start guarding your mouth, you stop guarding your lips, you get careless with your words, you're going to slip and say something that now gives him license. You see, thank you, Holy Ghost. See, at first when he comes, he's an intruder. When he first comes to you, he's intruding on your life. But if you, through careless talking, say the wrong thing, you now allow him to operate in your life. So what started out was just, was just a simple headache. Your words allow him to bring ulcers and aneurysms and... <laughs> My God. What started out as a simple, well, they, they cut back my pay or they cut back my, my job or whatever happened. If you get careless with your words, it goes from that to now bankruptcy. See, the devil knows what most Christians don't know, that your words are not primarily for communication. Your words are primarily for creation. God gave you words to create. So if he gets you careless with your words, oh, thank you, Lord. The same way if God can get you to be careful with your words, the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, God says, I create the fruit of the lips. God says, y'all better catch this. I I'm about to run myself around this church. I create the fruit of the lips. So God has to put his words in your mouth when you speak it from your lips. Now he creates what you speak from your lips. Well, that's exactly what Satan does. When you allow, how did Job get in such a big mess? His mouth. Job 3.25, Job said, the thing I fear the most has come upon me. What I has dreaded has happened to me. He spoke it. He created an environment that allowed the devil to come in and run rush out all of his life. That's why, that's why near the end of Job, he says, teach me to guard my mouth. God, teach me how to set a watch to guard my mouth. Don't, don't let me speak carelessly anymore. He panicked. He was panicking. He was worried. He was troubled. What are my, ki what, what are my kids doing? They, they ain't show up for dinner today. What are my kids doing? So he started getting careless with his tongue. And that carelessness allowed the devil to now operate as a, as a welcome uh, guest and not, no longer as an intruder. Did y'all, are y'all catching this here? Is this helping two people here? So he sends the trouble to get you and me to panic, 
So we start speaking some. Oh my God, oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And when you panic, all of a sudden it's over. Can I give you an example? My time is up. I just, I just heard my beep. That, that's like, like in the microwave, that means your food is done. All right, can I take you to one story? Matthew 8. I'm going to show you this in action. Matthew 8. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Life and death and the power of the tongue. So you have to watch what you say in the midst. In fact, in fact, what a good practice to do, Pauline, is when trouble hits, is shut up. Until the Holy Ghost gives you words. Till he brings back to your remembrance whatsoever Jesus, Jesus has, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus has said to you. And then you speak what Jesus has said. You speak what the word has said. But until you get a word from Jesus, you just. Mm -mm. Guard your mouth. Guard your mouth. Troubles come. Don't turn a molehill into a mountain. Don't turn a molehill into a mountain. It's just a bump on your arm. Don't make it cancer. It's, it's, it's just heartburn. Don't make it heart disease. It's, it's just an upset stomach. Don't turn it into, into you got ulcers. Don't turn it into that. Your, your child got a D or L. Don't turn it into they a D dummy. Don't turn it into that. They never gonna, gonna they're gonna be homeless all their life. My mother take care of this child. My whole life, you're gonna be in my house your whole life. Because they got one D. It's a D. It happened to you before. It got you, you turned out all right. Watch your words over you or over your children. Okay, are you in Mark 8, 22? I'm sorry, Luke 8, 22. Luke 8, 22. Now watch this. Do you believe in Jesus? Believe in Jesus. You have to believe in Jesus. More than just being saved. Believe in Jesus. Whatever he says, believe him. Now watch this. Luke 8, 22. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, he's in the boat, and he said. So notice that these words are Jesus Christ's own words. He said to them, what? Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. Praise God. They did it. They believed him. He said, let's go. Okay. I believe you. Let's go. They on board. We on ride on King Jesus. We riding on. No man cannot hinder thee. Okay. Verse 23. But as they sailed, he stopped talking. Y'all missed it. As they sailed, he stopped talking. He went to sleep. And now we know in his 
God formed, he never sleeps nor slumbers. So we can equate it to he stopped talking. I launched out, Jesus. I, I'm doing what you called me to do. But now I don't hear nothing. And then even worse, while I'm not hearing you talk, a windstorm came down on the lake. Storms. And they were filling with water. And they were in jeopardy. They were, they're in danger. Now what's happening? Jesus Christ is the one that said, let's cross over. So he's the one. So he's not the one that's going to bring a storm. Storms will be kind of productive. He wouldn't say, let's go do something, but he's bringing us on to teach me a lesson. That's not how he operates. The Holy Ghost is the teacher who teaches all, us all things. So God does not teach you through storms. Now, you can learn through storms, but the storm didn't come from God. So he says, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. Watch verse 24, please. And they came to him, they panicking. And awoke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Watch these careless words. Now, go back to verse 23. Now, in verse 23, this is the Holy Ghost talking. Am I right? Y'all sure? Okay. In other words, in other words, all scripture is given by God, by inspiration of God. So the Holy Ghost is giving these words. So the Holy Ghost is telling us what happened. So notice, notice the Holy Ghost, first, go back to verse 22, 22, Jesus' words were, let's cross over to the, to the other side. Verse 23, now here's the Holy Ghost's words, in other words, he's telling us what happens. They sailed, he fell asleep, a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. The Holy Ghost said they were in jeopardy. The Holy Ghost never said they were perishing. The Holy Ghost said they were in trouble. In other words, God is not naive. God is not ignorant about what you're going through. God sees you and he knows about it and he acknowledges, okay, you're in trouble. But he did not say what they said in the next verse. In the next verse, by their panic, they said, we are perishing. Jesus didn't say that. The Holy Ghost did not say that. They said, we are perishing. Now, because they were saying that, guess what was happening? They were perishing. That boat was starting to fill up faster and faster. Every time they said, oh, we're perishing, we're dying. That man, them waves were just coming. See, the devil's coming against them to keep them from the other side. If you know the story, when they got to the other side, there was a man who got delivered from demons. And the devil wanted to stop that because those demons were running that territory. So the devil was trying to stop that. <laughs> and they said, we're perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the sea, and they ceased, and there was a calm. Verse 25, but he said, now he's talking again, where is your faith? In him. See, they had it when he said, let's cross over. But when the storm hit, they lost it. 
In other words, they had enough faith to launch out. But when the storm hit, they lost it. You can have enough faith to get saved. But when the storm hits, do you lose it? So they said, where is your faith? What happened? I thought we were good. I thought you believed in me. Where is your faith? Now, remember that same storm that is hitting? He's asleep. They had to wake him up. They had to wake him up. They had to wake him up in that same storm. He's so cool, he slept. They had to wake him up. Why? He believes in God. He's no, he's on, he knows he's on assignment. If these guys have realized the same thing, that when he says, cross, go to the other side, now they are on assignment. I remember probably the worst airplane trip I took. Man, turbulence hit, man, and I was like, ooh-wee. But I remember, nope, I'm on assignment. I was on my way to, I think I was headed to uh, Seattle. No, no, I was headed to Salem, Oregon. And man, that, that turbulence hit deep. I'd heard of it, but I'd never been through it. And when that plane did this, vroom, Anybody ever been through that? The plane goes, vroom, and you're like, oh, God, Jesus, glory to God. I love you, Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want him. Make me to lie down in green passes. Leave me beside. I mean, you just, oh, wow. And people started freaking out on the plane, but what calmed me down was, wait a minute, I'm on assignment. You told me to go here to preach. And, of course, it, it went away. We got right through it. Plane didn't crash. Nobody, you know, lost their lunch. We got through it. Just like you're going to get through whatever you're going through now. If you believe in Jesus. If you, as we just said, another song back in the old day, Deacon Gershon, I won't let go my faith. I'm just holding on. I'm just, you know it. I'm just holding on, holding on, and I won't let go my faith. Let go my faith. That's the Pentecostal version of it. All right, I'm done. I'm done. Write this down. I'm gonna give you give you some things to write down. Just just write it down real quick. Faith is a stabilizer. Faith is a stabilizer. Hope is an anchor for the soul. Faith is a stabilizer. Hope is an anchor for the soul. By patience, possess your soul. Force yourself to wait on the Lord. Patience, by patience, possess your soul. Force yourself to wait on the Lord. 
I refuse to panic and freak out. I refuse to spaz out. I refuse to worry about anything. I resist worry. I resist fear. I believe Jesus Christ is alive. I believe he's on my side. I believe he will deliver me out of any trouble. I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. <laughs> More than just being saved, baby. I believe in Jesus. Today. Tomorrow when I wake up. Come on, devil, bring your best shot. I believe in Jesus. Let people do whatever they want to do. My enemies, let them do whatever they want to do. I believe in Jesus. Which means I can't lose. I can't lose. My admonishment to you today is, is to take your believing beyond just salvation. You've got salvation. Wonderful. You're going to heaven. Wonderful. But since you're here on this earth a little while longer, Get your faith in Jesus solid. Your belief in him solid. Believe that the same way he saved you from eternity uh, in hell, he'll save you from your temporary trouble that you're going through. Just temporary. Y'all got it? Were y'all blessed by the word today? Good. Stand on your feet and give God a praise today for the word. Come on. Praise you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. No matter what I face, I believe in Jesus. I adhere to, trust and rely on Jesus. So nothing, uh, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Right? Nothing the enemy does can prevail over my life because I'm covered by the blood, wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. He has to get through Jesus to get to me. We used to say that, I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in Jesus. What that means is he has to get through him to get to me. If I had a little child behind me and a big dog were barking, that child might be a little freaking, you know. But that dog would have to get through me to get to that child. Now the child can see the dog. But as long as he stays behind me, he's going to be all right. So you are going to see trouble only with your eyes. But as long as you stay behind Jesus, keep him out front. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you are my healer. I believe you are my deliverer. I believe you are my provider. I believe you are my way maker. I believe you are my peace. I believe you are my righteousness. I believe you, you are, you are my, my, my wholeness. I believe in you, Jesus.
If you keep that mindset, attitude, you'll never ever freak out again in your life. And you'll be a witness to people all over this world, wherever you go, that um, Jesus is alive and he's well. Amen? Lord, thank you today for your word. Thank you for each person who's been a part of this time to hear this word. Those here, those watching online. I pray, Father, that, Lord, each person has uh, taken this word and deposit in their hearts that we all do a real self-evaluation. We know we're saved. We know we're born again. We know we're going back to Jesus Christ when he comes. But Lord, too many, too many times, too often, we've panicked or we've gotten worried or fearful in situations. We've let things stress us out even at times. But God, we repent of that. We renew our faith and our commitment to Jesus Christ. We believe in him. We believe in the things that accompany our salvation. We believe that you will guard us and keep us from the enemy. That even though we may see trouble, that we will never ever have to be troubled in our lives ever again. That God, you are able to even trouble our troubles. You are able, Lord, to deliver us your word says the righteous are delivered out of seven troubles. <laughs> Thank you, Father. So you deliver us over and over and over again. We believe in Jesus Christ to, to do it all the time. Now I pray that, that that believing seals our hearts and keeps us praising you all the time, no matter what. And Lord, for these things we'll always give you praise and glory and honor. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen, amen. and amen. amen. Praise the Lord.